I'm your host, Kurt Sandig, and welcome to Paranormal Almanac. That's right, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and on this week's edition of Paranormal Almanac, this entire episode is all about the Yowie. And just in case you don't know what a Yowie is, it's basically Australia's Bigfoot. And just like everything else in Australia, it's trying to kill you. Maybe. We'll get to that. Now, the Aborigines warned British colonists about a large ape-like creature deep in the woods that their ancestors are talked about forever. So what happened? Well, you're gonna have to wait just a minute because first up we have shout outs. And shout outs this time are going to Laura, Amber, Angie, Autumn, Carolyn, Carolyn, Chuck, Dan, Daniel, Dill, Edgar, Heidi, J Mark, J, Jeff, Jim, Joe, Jory, welcome Joe, by the way, Joshua, Juliana, Keith, Kira, Kyle, Lash, Laura, Laura Ruth O, Lauren, Lawrence, hi Lawrence, Lily, M. Caldillo, Maggie, hey Maggie, Michaela, Manning, Martin, Matt, Megan, Melissa, hi Melissa, Nanashi, Nick, Pablo, Rosa, Sarah, Sarah, Shelly, Lauren, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson, Travis, Troy, Veronica, and Vincente. If you want to be like these cool kids, head on over to patreon.com slash paranormalalmanac. You get extra episodes, you get all kinds of fun stuff. But besides that, let's keep on moving because this is going to be a big one. Now, you're going to hear a bunch of paranormal news and for a reason. There's a lot of paranormal news on this, but it all is current stories relating to this edition. Now, you're also going to hear something even cooler. Paranormal news bumper music sent in by three people. This first one comes to me from Travis. So take a listen to this awesome paranormal news bumper music. Paranormal news. How awesome is that? Alrighty, so this first story is a possible yaoi, possible yaoi hares, that is, found caught on a fence in Queensland. Now, the wires had been snapped and twisted like nothing I'd ever seen. Whatever did it was huge. We, we collected some hairs hanging from it that smelled very strongly of rotten meat crossed with urine, which I remembered from previous expeditions. So, they actually found blonde yaoi hairs on a messed up fence. Now, David Taylor, who says he found the hair samples on February 17th, 2019, so just happened, stuck on a barbed wire fence in Bushland, northern, in Bushland, north of McKay in Queensland. He's a Yowie hunter, so take everything with a grain of salt if you want to, but this guy does seem to know what he's talking about. He does know the creatures in the area, and he said that he has spotted Yowies in the past, in, two, in 2010, and I also believe in 2018. He said, first step, it was almost in the middle of the road. Second step, it was in the bush. 
The third step, it was completely gone. Totally vanished. Couldn't see nothing. Nothing makes you feel more alive than hearing it growl at you. Eh, I beg to differ. He goes on to say, It's that loud and it rattles every bone in your body. Then you appreciate life. Just the way it walked, you could see the human in it. But it wasn't covered in clothes. It was all hair. Oh, he was looking with the friend for an old railroad tunnel near Dalarcha. I'm sorry, I got that wrong. I guarantee it. Dalarcha National Park in Landsborough on the Sunshine Coast. He didn't say the one that he saw then was blonde, but the hairs he found this time are blonde, and he's already sent them to a lab for testing, so I'm going to keep an eye out for that one. There's some skeptics are saying it's a non-yaoi animal that's large enough and strong enough to destroy a barbed wire fence. Could it be a dingo, a water buffalo, an escaped cat? Doesn't really say, but blonde yaoi hairs. There's a blonde yaoi out there missing a few hairs, so I'm eager to see what, what comes from that one. Alrighty, next up in Paranormal News... Awesome is that? That one comes from Tim. Thank you so much, Tim. Alrighty, next up in Yowie news. Yowie sighting reported north of Roma. I'm pretty sure I sent that one right. So, an Australian Yowie research has shared details of a reported sighting north of Roma on Monday. And this one just happened. So, oh no, it didn't. This one, I'm sorry. This one's from August. I apologize. It's understood the witness was driving slowly to avoid kangaroos about 15 to 20 kilometers north of Roma on the Carnarvon. Carnar? Carnarvon, Carnarvon Highway, when she noted she noticed what appeared to be a large rock on the side of the road. As the female driver approached the area, she realized the rock was actually a hairy creature, only about five foot tall, and we're going to get to that, standing beside a dead kangaroo. She described this one as having auburn hair, and she submitted a sketch of the creature to the research group, which was shared to Facebook, which I will share to you guys, and it's a hairy looking... Dude, kind of. Can barely see his face. Whatever. Uh, but I'll show that one on you as well. So, Yowie sighting, number two. Yowie news story, number two. All right, let's move on to Dave. is that i love it all righty next up we have what drives yowie hunters keen to prove the existence of a mythical hairy beast david taylor is convinced he had an encounter with a yowie on the sunshine coast 10 years ago and is a part of a growing band of fellow believers and is part of a fellow is part of a growing band of fellow believers whose aim is to prove once and for all that the mythical hairy beast of Australian folklore does exist. So this one, ABC actually agreed to meet Mr. Taylor, founder of the Sunshine Coast Yowie Research Facebook group, 
in a deserted section of the forest on the Sunshine Coast for a guided lesson in the finer points of yaoi hunting. And he talks about a story by a man named Arthur Marin, who's said to have been startled by a, quote, hairy man near his home in Braidwood in 1893. That's just a sneak peek of how long yaois have been seen in Australia. He goes on to talk about, in 1976, another person had uh, proof of the existence of a yowie. And he says, with social media, now it's making it easier for true believers to connect, members to get together to talk about their tales, and it's making it even better for them to hunt and find and hunt in the non-shooting. Don't fucking shoot yowie. Same as don't fucking shoot Bigfoot. You know the rules uh, in, the, in that sense. They said, Operation Return... Lori and Daniel and myself returned to Kilkavan. Was an interesting two nights to say the least. Lots of rocks clacking in the two creek beds beside us. Had o and beside us had well over a dozen softball-sized rocks thrown at us and our camp. They also had three deer antlers placed over the track we had drove in on our way up, and they to uh, and a, basically in a way to puncture their tires. They're saying. We located them at different times, and after we had already walked and drove the track where there were no deer antlers. So these yaoi seem to be pretty damn smart. And just like Bigfoot, they seem to throw rocks to either intimidate or to scare or to warn humans. Now the story goes on to talk about how this, um, this journalist went with them, and after about 25 minutes of crunching on a gravel along a narrow path, it uh, opened up to a small clearing, and there's an obvious fork in the track. So they go down one leg of the track. He uh, talks a little bit about being nervous. The person he was with kept telling me we had to turn left, but the map said we had to follow the railway line right, so we went right. They just talked, basically. I'm not going to bore you with the entire story, but they talk about what it's like to go out on a hunt. And he says that, you know, I've seen him before. He said, I'd seen him before. He even has... Photos of the tracks of the Yowie, which, again, look like a Bigfoot track. But there was no footprints that appeared on this specific hunt with the reporter. But they did notice that trees were snapped eight feet up with the remainder of the tree intact. And at the clearing in the bush, there was flattened grass. And there were sounds of rocks clacking, clacking together and snapped tree branches high up in the canopy, where apparently the Yowie had crashed through. So they did find some evidence of something big around them, but they never saw what it was. Hey! What time is it? It's time for Paranormal News. <laughs> Thank you again, Dave. That one is awesome as well. This next one is... Yowie mystery deepens as Trady claims he's found evidence of the mythical beast at a hub for sightings after a truck driver said he was attacked by a hairy animal in the same bushland. Okay, so this one is in the Gold Coast, and it was a Gold Coast local, Andy McKinnon. He said he has evidence to prove that Yowies exist. He said he saw huge tree markings by unknown animal. He added it looked like a claw mark far higher than a person could reach. So it's a 53-year-old man. He said he saw the hairy creature on Beachmont Road in the Gold Coast hinterland at around 10 a.m. last November and has seen him since. He said that the, uh, the creature is about 10 foot tall. He goes on to talk about a wallaby carcass that he found that had huge, large bite marks on it. 
like it had been bitten right through the bone. And he goes on to talk about how this Yowie stopped his truck or stood up in front of his truck. His truck's hood was six feet tall. This thing towered over it at least eight to ten feet tall. So yet another Yowie sighting. Now that's it with the paranormal news music, bumper music. I hope you guys like them. I'm going to randomly pick some from this point forward, but I wanted to play all the ones I'd gotten up until this point on this episode. A, to thank the guys that made them. They're fantastic. And B, to show off how freaking talented my listeners are. So this next story is, what is a Yowie? Oh no, it's the same guy. This is a different story. Same guy said he punched the bonnet of his truck. So it wasn't just he saw it in front of his truck. The, the Yowie actually punched the bonnet or hood of his truck. So that about does it for Paranormal News. So we'll wrap that up. So again, hope you guys liked it. Uh, big shout outs to everybody that made music. If you want to make uh, bumper music for me as well, please do. Either send it to me on Facebook or at paranormalalmanac at gmail.com. There's going to be more. Don't you worry. Oh, there's one more story I wanted to talk about. And that was a local story, well, local to the United States. So it's not necessarily a Yowie sighting, but it does seem to me anyway to be a Bigfoot sighting. And this story is, this story is really bizarre. So a three-year-old boy in North Carolina disappeared for three days. His name is Casey Hathaway, and he says he, he went missing last month after wandering into the woods while he was playing at a relative's North Carolina house. Now, there was a massive search that made national news with hundreds of searchers joining in to look for the little boy. Temperatures dropped, and it was pouring rain. So everybody was afraid the boy was going to be found dead. But three days later, a neighbor walking her dog heard cries coming out of the woods alerted rescuers. And sure enough, Casey was discovered tangled up in a thorn bush, cold and pleading for his mom. This is what Casey said he This is how Casey said he survived. A bear kept him safe for those three days. Now, the news story says bears are very nurturing animals, but they take care of their own. I'm not sure a bear would see a young child in distress as possibly something that they could take care of. So they don't really understand how a bear could have taken care of this three-year-old boy. But my theory, and a lot of people's theories, is it wasn't a bear, it was a Bigfoot. So, again, just a theory, but it seems to be catching on steam, and it seems to be a popular theory. So, what do you guys think? Do you guys think a bear saved a boy for three days in the woods in the pouring rain? Do you think it was a Bigfoot? Do you think it was just the boy just happened to survive? What do you think? Okay, before we get on to the story, and I swear this is the last thing, I have something for you guys. If you want it, you don't have to take it. I did it because I think it's really freaking cool. A gentleman named Tom Lyons messaged me, and he's the author of a popular Bigfoot book series called Living Among, Living Among Bigfoot. And it's on Amazon, Living Among Bigfoot. So he started to do a, an additional book series called Bigfoot Frightening Encounters. And this new book series involves people telling stories that they have seen Bigfoot. They contact him about their own their own strange experiences with Sasquatch. And he'd love for you guys, the listeners, to be able to have a free ebook copy of the newest book, Bigfoot Frightening Encounters, Volume 2. Now the free book can be claimed at www.livingamongbigfoot.com. Completely free. I downloaded a copy of it. 
I read it. I really enjoy it. It is a collection of people's stories of Bigfoot experiences, of Sasquatch experiences. So once again, it's www.livingamongbigfoot.com. You can get your free ebook there. Gentleman's name is Tom Lyons. Check him out on Amazon. He's got other Bigfoot series or other books on there in the same series. Check him out there as well. Thank you, Tom. I hope you guys download it. And I uh, hope you guys like it because I liked it as well. So again, not getting paid for it, but I think it was a neat thing and I wanted to pass it along to you guys. Now you guys can send me your ghost, UFO, and paranormal stories to either Facebook or paranormalalmanac at gmail.com. I want to hear your stories. I've got a bunch of new ones coming up. I've got a bunch of new ones already. And coming up is a paranormal edition or paranormal listener edition because besides ghost stories, there are UFOs, there are Bigfoot, there are shadow people, there are red-eyed things. Really great stories. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Once again, become a patron. Become a patron at patreon.com slash paranormal almanac. Okay, with all that out of the way, let's talk about Bigfoot's cousin, Bigfoot's brother. Well, he's Australian relative of some kind. That's right, I'm finally getting to the Yowie in this episode. Now, he's also known as the Quinkin, the Jugabina, the Gindaring, Gindaring, Gin, eh, either Gindaring, Gindaring, Jindaring, I don't know, the Jurawara, the Mingawin, the Putakan, the Dulaga, the Gulaga, the Yaroma, the Nukuna, the Wawi, the Pang, Carlangu, the Jimbra Tang Chang, the, the Jimbra Changara, and the Thul Agul. Those are just names for the Yaoi. All of those things I kind of just said, probably incorrectly, are all names for the Yaoi. So, okay, before we really get into this, let's relax with the names. Pick, pick one, pick two max. For this episode, it's the Yaoi. Okay, so like I said, just like with Bigfoot stories, stories of the Yowie have been around seemingly forever. But it seems to have really taken off in the European world in 1804. The book Modern Geography, a description of the empires, kingdoms, states, and colonies with the oceans, seas, and isles in all parts of the world was published by John Pinkerton. John Pinkerton who has trouble coming up with nice, concise names for a book. Because that is way too long of a name for a book. But uh, this was because of the first arrival of the first fleet in Sydney Cove in 1788. All of my research points to this being the big Yowie stepping off point. Because during the early colonial era, Aborigines often warned British settlers to beware of a large, aggressive, ape-like creature that lived in the rugged mountains and deep forests. One particular account, which reached London in a letter in 1820, told of an encounter in 1789 by convicts and parties of Marines while on a hunting trip. So, that sounds like a fun group to be on a hunting trip with. Now, these men killed a bunch of wallabies, boo, and were returning to the settlement when atop a nearby hill, they saw an animal observing them amongst the trees, which they later claimed was twice the height of an ordinary man and stood upright. Another sighting was reported on Phillip Island in Victoria in 1849, 
During this encounter, several people observed a creature said to be between six to seven feet tall, resembling a cross between a baboon and a man. Now at the time, the creature was said to be sitting on the edge of a lake when it was shot at and it supposedly ran off. They weren't sure if they hit it or not. Fuck you guys, don't shoot at Yowie. But on this trip, they were told of a population of Aborigines that shared Sydney Harbor with another tribe. So the Yowies were actually considered another population of Aborigines, a different tribe. This tribe was described as flat-nosed with wide nostrils, thick eyebrows, sunken eyes. Their mouth were, quote, prodigious width with thick lips and prominent jaws. Oh, and did I mention they're covered in fur? Now, the next big encounter that I could find was near Australia's Bateman's Bay in 1882. And this was by amateur naturalist Henry James McCooey. Now he says, when I first beheld the animal, it was standing on its hind legs, partly upright, looking up at the birds above it in the bushes, blinking its eyes and distorting its visage and making a low chattering kind of noise. If it were standing perfectly upright, it would be nearly five feet high. It was tailless and covered with th very thick, long black hair, which was of a dirty red or snuff color about the throat and the breast. Now, Makui went on to describe how the creature's limbs seemed to be strangely out of proportion. He says he judged it weighed about 8 stone, or 112 pounds for you and me, and that it appeared to possess, quote, prodigious strength. Having sufficiently satisfied my curiosity, I threw a stone at the animal, that's what you want to do, whereupon it immediately rushed off, followed by the birds, and disappeared in a ravine which was close at hand. The Aborigines regarded them as another people entirely, the Yahoos or Yowies, meaning hairy people. The major difference that I could find between the Bigfoot and the Yowie, it seems to be that the Yowie is way more aggressive, but another main difference is there seems to be two distinct Yowie. There's the six to 10 foot, a thousand pound Bigfoot type. Then there's the four to five foot Orang Pendek type. Now both have been seen in Australia and it's Interesting to kind of theorize how the species got to Australia, how the two different types have survived since and today. Because sightings of the Yowie are said to take place in the south and central coast regions of New South Wales and Queensland Gold Coast, the Blue Mountain area just outside Sydney is a huge hotspot. So, however they got to Australia, they must have been there forever when Pangaea was all together, because I don't know really how the Aborigine got to Australia, but the Yowie or Bigfoot or Sasquatch, whatever you want to call it, a ring pendek, they're basically seen around the world just like people. Believe it or not, take it for what it's worth, whatever you want to call it, the Sasquatch do seem to be a lot like Homo sapiens. They do seem to have spread out. They do seem to settle in areas and they do seem to want to protect the areas that they do settle in. But let's keep on moving forward. There's a lot more to get to. In 1906, there was an article that read, quote, What was it? It would appear that Borneo is not the only place in the world to own a wild man. If three ladies who were until recently staying on a houseboat at Cohen were not greatly deceived, they saw the strange figure of a hairy man tanned to a coppery hue, 
flitting about among trees and rocks with the rapidity of a will-o'-the-wisp. They state that he climbed trees with almost the ability, or sorry, almost the agility of a monkey and could run and and could run and double with great speed. Police from the surrounding districts toured the mountainous country, but without finding any trace of this wild being. At one place where there is a sheer drop of 100 feet or more, footprints were discernible down the face of what would appear to be an inaccessible cliff. If there is a man roaming about, he must have a wonderful knowledge of the hiding places for the police have not been able to catch a single glimpse of them. That is direct from an article, a newspaper article, from 1906. So literary proof of the Yowie has been around since the late 1800s, and it doesn't seem to ever really slow down. Now, from there comes the, I don't know, the most bizarre piece of proof, I guess, because there's a photo that was taken in 1936. If you're familiar with the Yowie, I guarantee you you're familiar with this photo, but I am going to share it on Facebook because it it's interesting. I'm just going to put it that way. This Once again, this photo was taken in 1936. It's one of a series of images taken by Rich Jones while working at an isolated loggers camp in Batlow, which is located in the snowy mountains of New South Wales, 279.6 miles southwest of Sydney. Whether those mountains are really snowy, I don't know. I've never been there. Now, this photo shows two people sitting on a log in the right side of the photo, but behind them to the left is this, this ginormous thing. It really, really looks like a huge Bigfoot is sitting on another log with his head looking down and his hands in his lap. It's bizarre. Like, it, you, gotta, you just have to see this photo. Further analysis of the photo shows that the head area resting near its chest looking down. It looks huge, but is it a yowie or is it pareidolia? Pareidolia. That thing where you just kind of see something in an image or you see something in a pattern. So I really don't know what to make of this photo. To me, it really does look like a ginormous yowie. Like this thing is freaking huge in comparison with these people, but it's a photo from 1936. It's not crystal clear. It's yellowish. It's kind of distorted. It's too bright on one side. It's not bright enough on others. I mean, it's a photo from the 30s, so I got to give it some slack, but it really does look like a Yowie. And when you first look at it, you're going to say, oh, it looks like a Yowie with no head. But it does, once you like focus on the Yowie area for a bit, it does look like the Yowie is looking down. I hope they didn't kill it. I'm, ho I'm hoping this isn't a photo of a dead Yowie. But if it is, where's the body? All right, so from there, let's go to 1970. Let's, let's jump ahead to 1976. Because there were a couple of articles, an article in the Sydney Morning Herald, which read, Desperate Fight with Ape Man. Mr. George Gratt, 63, said that the four-foot-tall hairy creature dragged him from his bed in the lonely bush and tried to carry him off. And I'll have a photo of that, uh, that article as well. Um, I'll put that up on the Facebook. Then, in the mid-1970s, the Queen Bayan Festival Board and 2CA together offered the Australian equivalent of $200,000 reward to anyone who could capture and present a Yowie. 
that reward apparently is still out there because it says that reward is yet to be claimed. And no joke, um, almost every year, there seems to be a Yowie sighting from 1970 on. There was a couple of spots in the 60s and the 50s where there weren't a ton of Yowie sightings, but it seems like from 1970 on, we're seeing them, which makes a lot of sense because just like in America, we are moving into the Yowie territory or into the Sasquatch territory more and more, so we're going to run into them more and more. In fact, in 1994, Tim the Yowie Man claimed to have seen a Yowie in the Brindabella Ranges. 1996, while on a driving holiday, a couple from Newcastle claimed to have seen a Yowie between Braidwood and the coast. They said it was a shaggy creature walking upright, standing at a height of at least 2.1 meters tall, with disproportionately long arms and no neck. In August of 2000, a Canberra bushwalker described seeing an unknown bipedal beast in the Brindabala Mountains. The bushwalker, Stephen Piper, caught the incident on videotape, and that film is known as, quote, the Piper film, which can be seen on YouTube. In March 2011, a witness reported to the NSW National Parks, National Parks and Wildlife Service, seeing a Yowie in the Blue Mountains at Springwood, west of Sydney. The witness had filmed the creature and taken photographs of its footprints. May 2012, a United States television crew claimed it had recorded audio of a Yowie in a remote region of the NSW Queensland area, or border, sorry. In June 2013, a Lismore resident and music videographer claimed to have seen a Yowie just north of Bexhill. These are all coming from a great website, if you're into Yowie anyway, a great website called the YowieHunters.com. You know, there's also a number of reports of Yowies abducting children and adults alike, but I'm not going to go into, quote, one of the most famous child Yowie abductions ever, because, well, frankly, we don't know what happened to the child, and it's messed up to talk about a child abduction so frivolously. So, to keep it in general terms, Yowies have been reported as the culprits in child, adults, and dog abductions or killings. So like I said, the Yowie do seem to be way more aggressive than Bigfoot. So this first audio clip comes from Far South Coast, Far, far South Coast, HominoidEvidence.org. Making it really hard for me to give this link out. It's Far South Coast, HominoidEvidence.org. And it is a supposed Yowie scream. So let's listen to it, shall we? <laughs> So that's supposedly, quote, territorial display of a Yowie. All right. Now let's listen to the, quote, lone caller. Lone caller, are you there? Sounds a lot like territorial display to me, but okay. We've got another lone caller. Okay, uh, call and response, call and wood knocks. I mean, there's a bunch of these on here. I'll, I'll, send, I'll put this link on the Facebook page as well. So basically, there's a whole lot of, uh, what's this one? 
So that one, that last one is uh, supposed to be a bluff charge, a territorial display, or a protest. And it says, notice the intelligent tones at the beginning at the end. Uh, okay. Anyhow, so that's uh, that's some yaoi calls. I thought you guys might want to listen to them. Um, now you have to hear me read some eyewitness accounts. So this first eyewitness account says, hi, I want to share, and I'm not going to do it in Australian accent. I don't care what you say. Uh, hi, I want to share our encounter with what I assume is a yaoi while camping in Gloucester, NSW, in October 2018. We were positioned next to the river and had enjoyed several days with a large group of friends. Early Sunday morning, around 4.45 a.m., still dark, we could hear distant cows mooing and many different birds making their various noises. After a little while, a dog began to bark, I think less than 100 meters from the tent. The dog was barking incessantly, and for a prolonged period, maybe a few minutes, not over, not overly loud, but close enough to hear. Then I heard a loud booming roar that silenced everything. It was very close by, and the depth of the noise was terrifying. Definitely not a cow, human, or dog. I was so freaked out, we packed up and went home as soon as the sun rose. I have small children, was just not interested in staying in an area where God knows what was stalking around the adjacent bush. I didn't believe until that moment, but I certainly do now, as I have researched and am aware of sightings in the area. I can find no other explanation. I'll never forget the sound as long as I live, and will not be camping at Gloucester again. This next couple are from the Yowie Hunters Forum. I'm a truck driver, and I deliver, I deliver road base and drainage, etc. I deliver to... Canungra, the coast, and all over the place. I was on the Beachmount Road, Beachmont Road at Witherth, Witherin. On the east side of the road is the... whatever. On the east side of the road is a place where there is miles and miles of thick bush and the mountains go... the mountains nobody goes into. On the other side is brush and open properties and brush retreats. On this day, I was delivering at the top of the hill. It was really secluded up there. It was just after 10 a.m. in the morning. It was coming down the hill... I started coming around a sharp right-hand turn, right-hand corner, then I thought I saw a boulder fall off the embankment onto the road. I've hit the brakes to stop so I didn't hit this rock, and it stood up. It wasn't a rock at all. I managed to skid to a stop just before it, and this thing just stood in the right-hand gutter and had already started stepping out onto the road as I was skidding. It ended up standing right in the middle of my bonnet in front of me. It was hairy, I could see through its hair, I could see its navel. It had hair all over, about two inches long. From its lips to its eyebrows, it had no hair. It had a round face, a bit like a chimpanzee. The eyes were dark. It was dark around the eyes and had black eyes, but with a hazel color around the pupil. It had a flat nose, like it had been a boxer. I could see its ears. It didn't really have any hair on its ears. Its head looked too small for its body. The head seemed to push forward like it was growing off the top of its chest, rather than the top of its shoulders. The hair was really dark brown with a reddish with a reddish tinge to it and matted. It was really big. It was huge. I could see its belly button above the bonnet of my truck and the top of my bonnet is six feet off the ground. I have a feeling this is the same guy from the uh, news stories. So its belly button was about six feet high. I had the visor down and had to duck down to look up to see its face. When it stepped out, it would have heard the brakes and truck locking up around the corner 
It spun, it spun around to see me, and it seemed shocked. Then it looked a little embarrassed, then it turned to anger. You could see anger in its face easily enough. He punched the center of my bonnet, yep, same guy, with his hand rather than with his fist. It wasn't a downward strike, it was more downward push type of hit like a defender in rugby would say, don't argue with me. Like they would throw the arm out and push the defender away. It wasn't a punch, it was like a push to say, get out of my way. Because he was so tall, he had to reach down to do it. The force went from the front of the truck to the back. It didn't move the truck, but it cracked the bonnet because the bonnet was fiberglass. I felt the force. I don't think he meant the actual force, like Luke force. Uh, it was uh, like I'd hit a small car or something. There was a definite shutter in the truck, and the truck is nine tons empty. Just before it hit the truck, he grunted. It wasn't a scream or a cry. It was a deep grunt. Then he smashed the bonnet. He turned to his right, took two steps, and he was gone in the bush, gone into the bush on my left-hand side. I couldn't see where he went from there. I rolled the truck down the hill. I didn't even put it in gear. I rolled down the hill around the S-Bends and pulled up at a park where they had caravans down the bottom. I was shaking. I had a smoke and a drink. I couldn't believe it. I'd never seen anything so big. Magnificent is a word I would use to describe it. Whatever he was, he was a real fine specimen. You could see the muscle under his hair. You could see the pecs and the abs. His hair was matted, but you could still see his form underneath it. Everything about it was magnificent. He was an ugly sucker, but his body was just beautiful. All right, I think this dude's fallen in love with a yaoi. Jesus. He goes on to say, I didn't tell anyone. I didn't even tell my wife until a week ago. Until a week ago. I didn't want to get labeled as a wacko. I was really worried my wife wasn't going to believe me, but she did. She said she's sure there's other things out there we also haven't discovered. Today... I finally felt like I had to get it off my chest and tell someone. <laughs> then he goes back into talking about the muscles. Uh, it had big pectoral muscles. They weren't breasts. I couldn't see any penis at all. And sounds like this guy was looking. It was within a meter of the front of the truck, so I couldn't see that low. I could only see from the belly button up. When he walked off, I could only see the rear end of him. His butt was covered in hair also. I estimate it to be about 10 feet tall, 10 feet within an inch. I had to scrunch down on my seat to make eye contact with him. Hey, man, he goes back about the belly button. He, this dude, now nah, he's talking about the muscles again. All right, this is getting uncomfortable. This dude's in love with the yaoi. Um, let's keep going. The head was uh, rounded rather than conical. It looked like a chimpanzee's head, no neck. It turned from the head, it turned from the shoulders and the waist. It didn't turn from its head. It was more animal than human. I saw three different expressions on his face, and there were very human expressions. Shock, embarrassment, then anger. I'm sure he's going to be talking about his muscles again. So I'm going to move on to the next one. In 2006, Catherine, her husband Brendan, and their friend Sarah were spending an enjoyable afternoon horseback riding in the valley when Catherine's horse started lagging behind the others. She says it was sniffing in the air and turning around to bite me, and I knew something was wrong. As the horse continued to act up, she suddenly smelt, quote, a real foul stench like salty blood. It was then that she saw it standing there, just, just left of the trail where the ground dropped off into the scrub. It was about 10 to 15 meters away. She says it just stood and looked at me. She said it sort of looked like a monkey, but more human. Smaller than a human, about four feet tall. She said the body was solid and had square shoulders, was very hairy, dark brown, all tangled like a shaggy dog that hadn't been washed in a while. The creature had a pushed-in nose and two canine teeth that protruded over its lip. 
She couldn't see ears because of the creature's hair. She could see eyes, however, not distinctly. It had long legs with three claws on its feet. In its hand, it held something, quote, like a dead kangaroo, but smaller, like flesh, like it was skinned inside out. This went on for about two or three minutes. She then kicked her horse and it bolted off down the track in pursuit of the others. She said, I held on for dear life. I kept smelling the creature and felt like it was watching me. 30 minutes later, all three riders heard rustling in the bushes. This time, she saw something, quote, a monkey, an ape of sort of thing, just glaring at me, really scary. Again, Catherine's horse bolted and she hit a tree and was thrown to the ground. She suffered deep abrasions on her right forearm and hip, a fractured right collarbone, two fractured ribs, bruised legs, and swollen ankles, and was taken to Katumba Hospital. When she spoke to the owners of the horses later, she learned she was not the first to have such an encounter while riding in the Megalong Valley. So, how about you warn people about, quote, adolescent yaoi's that might be a little aggressive? What the hell? This next one also takes place in the Megalong Valley. A group of friends that were camping there had a terrifying experience with a much larger cousin of the creature encountered by Catherine and Sarah, the last story. It was around dusk when the group of teenage girls sat around chatting, waiting for their male companions to return with firewood. After hearing rustling in the nearby bush, the girls turned to see, quote, a big hairy thing standing watching us on top of the bank. The thing started to descend the bank slowly towards us. We were watching its every move. Then it dropped down on all fours, hiding in the undergrowth. As it crawled out and stood up, it began to run at us. The story goes on to say, naturally, the girls did not wait around. They quickly jumped in a car and took off searching for the boys. This next one is uh, several years ago. A friend of mine was walking the six-foot track from Katumba to Jenalan Caves with a friend. They were camping overnight in the Megalong Valley. Hey, guess what? If you want to see Yowies, just go to the Megalong Valley. Jesus, every one of these stories. Uh, let's see, they were in the Megalong Valley when they heard strange noises that were unfamiliar to them. And late during the night, they had heard heavy footsteps around their campsite, just outside their tent. No other hikers or campers were close by. Neither would get up to investigate. While my friend couldn't explain the strange calls or the heavy nocturnal footsteps, he refused to accept that there might have been some kind of unknown creature snooping around their campsite that night. And this next one isn't even in the woods. This one is a late night highway encounter. In 1999, a witness reported that he and his father were driving along the Great Western Highway between Woodford and Hazelbrook, and Hazelbrook at around 4 a.m. on their way to the family property at Kaura in the central west of NSW. Uh, they were driving along at about 60 kilometers an hour when they spotted what at first appeared to be a man running along in front of them on the opposite side of the road. Now, while they were, while they were watching this man, they had the impression that it was an early morning runner, maybe he was in trouble. The witnesses had the impression that this early morning runner was in trouble as it kept looking back over its shoulder. The driver steered his car across the lane to get a closer look to see if they could help. And that's when they realized it wasn't a person. They said it was a lot taller than six feet, had shoulders straight out from its body and long arms down to its knees. It was covered in hair and loping along the way a human would if it had a sore foot. They said that there were no other cars on the highway at the hour, so they stopped their car. We turned on the spotlight. The creature was about 40 meters away. It stopped like it was almost stunned. We kept moving towards it over the median strip. We turned off the spotlight and it started running again. 
It turned down a side street that was a resident because this is a residential area. We turned and followed it. The creature ran down the middle of the street. Each time they turned on the spotlight, the creature stopped and turned around. When they switched the spotlight off, it would start running again. It was moving left and right like it was disoriented. Once it could see the end of the bush, once it could see the bush at the end of the street, it ran straight for it. We put a spotlight on the bush. We could see the tops of the trees moving and swaying around. Now they went on to describe it as around eight feet tall, arms almost to its knees, reddish brown hair, matted and dirty, a face like a human's, only larger, smushed nose. I mean, it's the basic description over and over again. Uh, it goes on to say on the same highway, several years later, a man was driving home late at night when suddenly confronted by a seven foot tall, dark, hairy creature that ran out on the road in front of his car. The man braked heavily to avoid hitting the creature. The surprised Yowie halted, put his hand down on the bonnet of the car, peered in through the windscreen at the terrified driver. It then calmly walked off the road and disappeared into the bush. Uh, <laughs> shocked and confused, the witness drove his car into a nearby ditch, called the police, and told them that he hit a cow. Oh, okay. Let's see. On a quiet Hazelbrook street with rugged valleys on either side, a yaoi has apparently been making a nuisance of itself by roaming amongst the houses late at night. And that's been happening since 1994. A couple living on the street in a pole home, I don't know what that is, claimed that the creature was, quote, walking under their house with its hands in the air, slapping the beams as it went. Oh, so like a house on stilts. When the man of the house ran outside, the Yowie was, quote, startled so much that it ran at great speed into one of the poles. The couple said that it rocked the solid house by almost two inches. Then there's another story from down the mountain in Falconbridge. A family living in a very deep valley surrounded by thick bushland have had a nine-foot-tall, friendly Yowie visit their house regularly. According to the woman that lives there, the creature comes down making comforting noises. It would run its hands along the walls of the house at night. The woman's husband, son, and daughter have all experienced, quote, the friendly Yowie, which is said to have taken special interest in their daughter. Creepy. Uh, bu -bum -bum. Then they don't really go. I mean, it's the same description on this Yowie as well. Uh, tall, big, hairy, same stuff. Um, ah, there we go. Now let's get to it. Let's talk about a guy that can't, this guy can't take a hint. Yowie researcher Dean Harrison has described his, quote, two close encounters with the mysterious ape-like creature. Uh, he says he was nearly killed by a Yowie on two occasions. First in Ormo in the Gold Coast hinterland, and again in Kilkavan near Gympie. You guys are just messing with me with these names, right? He says that, that was a game changer. I can't go back into the bush by myself. I just got hit with a big dose of reality. Yeah, no kidding. A Yowie almost killed you twice. So either you got one Yowie that really freaking hates you, or you got a bunch of Yowie that really freaking hate you. He says, I was nearly taken down by the one at, at Ormo in 1997. That was really scary. It was only by the grace of God that I survived. I made a phone call at 11 p.m. in a clearing before going into the bush, and if I hadn't, I wouldn't be here today. This thing really meant business. But he says the crunchier one was in 2009, and if a few guys weren't there to rescue me, I wouldn't be here. It took about eight months to get over. The scary thing is that Yowies have a massive advantage over us because of their eyesight in the dark. That thing knocked me over, ran down a hill in pitch darkness, past obstacles, trees, and logs, the angles were so steep, but it sprinted down. He was quickly able to learn a few words in English, and we, 
and we spoke for two hours. They're very intelligent. He says it didn't miss a beat. The one that chased me at Armo was the same. Okay, so not only are Yowie's trying to kill him, but they're actually talking to him for two hours. He said the Yowie returned the next night with, quote, his wife and daughter. The Yowie's wife and daughter, that is. So, sure. I'm going to say that Yowie researcher Dean Harrison take everything he says with a huge grain of salt. Uh, he even claimed he once saw Yowie get tagged with a tracking device by intelligence agents at a rural Queensland army base in the 1990s. I read this story. Uh, frankly, it's bullshit. It's not even good bullshit. It is bad bullshit. It's not even creepypasta good. It is just shit. So let's move on from Yowie researcher Dean Harrison's batshit craziness. Uh, another eyewitness. I'm an Aussie and my grandparents are aboriginal and all their life they would camp along rivers and, and near really dense forest around Tumut, Tumut, T-U-M-U-T, T-U-M-U-T. That's a palindrome. And a place called Kangaroo Valley, not far from Naura, and they would tell stories of how the Yowies would be active at night, and my nan would say they would smell really bad, would be calling out, and along the other side of the riverbank, and my grandparents have no reason to make this stuff up. This was over 30 years ago. I believe that they exist here in Australia and all over the world. If you want to see more Yowies, go to Ingham, North Queensland. I now live in Gympie, Queensland, which I've seen one here early in the mornings while out walking the dogs in the bush, but does not compare to the encounters that I and many people have had uh, that I and many people have had around Ingham. I'm not a researcher. I'm just someone that's had quite a few experiences with these things. But if I wanted to research the Yowie, North Queensland is the place to be. So just like with Bigfoot, there seem to be Yowie hotspots, and these Yowie hotspots seem to be really hot. That Megalong Valley alone seems to be a Yowie hotspot. And this person, whom I trust way more than that batshit crazy uh, Yowie researcher, she seems like a normal person, and she says North, North Queensland is the place to be. So Paranormal Almanac listeners in Australia, please go and find a Yowie for me. Don't shoot it. Find a Yowie for me. Take some footage. Take some video. Talk to him for a couple hours. Maybe the Yowie will bring its wife and daughter for you as well. Um, I want to know more about the Yowie. I love them. Okay, but enough with the eyewitness accounts. Let's talk about evidence. First, just like with Bigfoot, there's not a lot of concrete evidence. There are no bones. There are no bodies. Just like with Bigfoot, the Yowie supposedly buried their dead. So it's really difficult to find a Yowie body. And like with the Bigfoot, there have been numerous footprints and hair samples. Just like with the Bigfoot, there's also been a ton of fake crap. Just a ton. And there's one piece in particular that I want to talk about. It's, quote, the infamous Yowie hand. Now, this bullshit story is that a Yowie hand was found in the late 1980s stuck in a gate. And there's photos of it. I'm not going to show you a photo of it for one very good reason. Within about two minutes, I determined that this Yowie hand that was ripped off and stuck in the gate is nothing more than a kangaroo hand. Nothing more, nothing less. I really don't want to show you a chopped off kangaroo hand that someone shoved into a fence. Um, because fuck them, that's gross. Uh, but it was real easy for me to debunk. I saw this hand and went, huh, I wonder what makes that shape with the long claws and everything. What lives in Australia? 
First thing that came to my mind, besides Crocodile Dundee, was the kangaroo. Thankfully, it was not Crocodile Dundee's hand, but unfortunately, it was a kangaroo hand. Nothing more, nothing less. Uh, Yowie screams are just like Bigfoot screams. There's tons of audio. I even played you a couple, but uh, nothing concrete there either. There's a guy named Paul Compton who reported the discovery of a 45 centimeter long scat with 20 centimeters in circumference, if you really want to know the dimensions of Yowie scat, that apparently couldn't be attributed to a human or other known animals. It was tested and they don't know what it is. Here's where the Yowie gets kind of weird, if it's not already weird enough for you. The amount of toes and the shape of the foot is inconsistent. One of those stories I read to you, I kind of breezed past it because I wanted to bring it up here. It was like a three-clawed thing. The Yowie are inconsistent tracks. Most are five most are five toes, just like a Bigfoot track, but others are four-toed or even narrow three-toed claws. And these three-toed claws look nothing like primate tracks at all. So it does appear that the smaller Yowie seem to have weird feet, either four-foot or either four-toed feet or three-toed clawed feet that look nothing like primate tracks. The color of the Yowie's hair is a bunch of different colors too, so it's hard to determine what's real and what's fake. But the dark brownish-black with orange hues seems to be the most reliable hair color. And every witness, and I mean every witness, all say really flat, human-like nose, really flat nose on a human-like face. Arms down to its knees, and it is thick. So it's very gorilla-like, very chimpanzee-like in the face, very human-like with a really flat nose, and I just don't know what to make of them. I don't know what to make of Yowie's. I really wish I could end this episode by saying, Yowie's exist and here's proof, or Yowie's are fake, but frankly, I kind of ended it like I started. I personally believe that Yowies are real. The Aborigines gain nothing from telling generation after generation or warning British colonists, uh, British colonists or settlers, whatever you want to call them. They, they gain nothing from telling them about the Yowie or making up the Yowie. And if they are making it up, why are there tons of Yowie sightings in Australia where... My understanding of Australia is it's vast. It's huge. It should be easy for the Yowie to avoid humans. But like I said, the humans are encroaching more and more into the Yowie territory, especially in a couple of spots like North Queensland or Megalong Valley. So I personally think the Yowie are real, but I went into this thinking the Yowie are real. Now, when I say that, if I would have found something that 100% said, nope, Yowies are fake, I would tell you. Just because I think something is real, as soon as I find it out, as soon as I debunk it, I immediately go, oh, that's not real, and I debunk it for you guys. And that's happened a number of times on a number of episodes where I go in thinking something's 100% real, and then with a little bit of research, I go, oh, crap. Well, I was duped. That's not real. Here's why it's fake. Here's what the real story is. It's not true. I will tell you guys because I don't want to perpetuate more BS that's already out there. And I gotta say, I don't think the Yowie's BS. 
What do you guys think? Do you think the Yowie are real? What's with the different sizes of Yowie? Can't stick to one size? I mean, I mean, sure, they're shorter Bigfoot, but Bigfoot all seem to be pretty big. Hence the name. Before I go, well, what would you guys do if you ran into a Yowie? I want to hear that. But before I go, I want to tell you guys about a movie that I just watched. I think it was great. I really do. I think it's a beautiful film, even though it angers me. And the film is called The Man Who Killed Hitler. Nope. Man Who Shot Hitler. Hold on. Now I got to look up the title. The Man That Killed... Aha. The movie is called The Man That Killed Hitler and Then the Bigfoot. And as much as I hate people killing Bigfoot... It was a great movie. It stars Sam Elliott. Um, I watched it on, I think I rented it on Google. It was, you know, it was cheap to, to watch. And like I said, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's two hours of Sam Elliott. How can you not? He's freaking amazing. But it was a really great story. They do show a Bigfoot, obviously not a real one. Um, and it's not a spoiler. The Bigfoot gets killed. It's in the freaking title. The man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. It's right there in the title. So you know what you're getting when you go into this. You're going to see two things. You're going to, well, three things. You're going to see a man. You're going to see a man killing Hitler and a man killing the Bigfoot. It's a great movie. I think you guys should watch it. I hope you guys like it. So again, back to what do you guys think? Are Yowie real? Are Sasquatch real? Are Yowie Sasquatch are they cousins? Are they brothers? Why? What is the differences in some of the uh, the personality traits? Is it just territory? I don't know. How'd the Yowie get to Australia? Again, I don't know. But they seem to have been there forever. And they seem very territorial. Alrighty. Once again, I've been your host, Kurt Sandvig, and this is another edition of Paranormal Almanac. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>